Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the fifth quarter studio in Madison, Wisconsin. Madison, Wisconsin. You're listening to the five-minute basketball coaching podcast with our host, Steve Collins. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the 5-Minute Basketball Coaching Podcast. Before we jump in today and do our great topic, I want to give a big shout-out to teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. If you're looking for handouts, you're looking for research, you're looking for one-on-one coaching, you're looking for office hours, if you're looking to become a better basketball coach, teachhoops.com is your answer to off the podcast. <laughs> this is the funny part. I'm chuckling to myself. The keys to when, when you should call a timeout. So, I'm going to take a drink here, so there's going to be a little gulp. But um, if there is a special place in purgatory or heaven for people that call timeouts or take timeouts home, I am going to have plenty of them. Um, and it might be since the 2011 state championship game when we went into triple overtime, and luckily I had extra timeouts at that point and, and had extra players, to be honest with you. Um that we were able to deal with some of those things. But uh, I think it's really um, important, and there's some key criteria that we're going to talk about as far as when you want them. But I, I'm i guilty. I'm not, I don't always do all the things I'm going to preach to you. I try to, but um, I don't always do it. So first one I think is to stop momentum. And I think basketball is really a game of momentum, a momentum shifts. So if someone – that has never played or has never coached or done anything with basketball can kind of even watch a game on TV and kind of feel the momentum shifting back and forth. Um, so I think you can use, there's several ways. First of all, on court, there's lots of ways to stop momentum. You know, you, you, I always tell the boys, if, if the momentum is shifting, how can we stop the momentum? Well, we got to get a score. We got to get a stop and then a score. Well, how do we get that score? Well, if things aren't going well, maybe we have to get to the free throw line. Maybe we have to get the ball inside. Maybe we have to run a little bit more time on offense. So there's ways of stopping momentum without necessarily calling a timeout. However, from a volleyball coach, which is, if you know anything about rally scoring in volleyball, it's virtually impossible to stop momentum. A high school coach can stop momentum um, by calling a timeout. We you know we have five of them. There's no overtimes. It, it's just enough to maybe stop them from shifting. You know, the key, the key, I always tell the boys, the key to winning basketball games is, is making their momentum shift shorter and ours longer. So if we're on one, we don't want, we definitely don't want a timeout if we're on a roll. And if we're not on a roll, we want to stop them. So that's where a timeout can kind of come into play as far as stopping the momentum. Um, next one is possession late in the game. So the possessions become more important maybe in the last two or three minutes of a game, especially if it's close. Our rule is if there's a scrum or a loose ball early, we don't call a timeout. We know we're going to get it. We're going to take it away from you. That ball is ours. No one is getting it. Um, so that is something really important in our program, in our culture, that we just know that we're just going to go in and we're not going to burn a timeout. However, it does change in the last you know several minutes where hopefully I've kept some of my timeouts and I want to maintain a possession 
um, then I can definitely do that and I can hold on to the ball at that specific point. So we really, you know, I can name the number of times probably in the last two or three years that I've had to call a timeout to maintain a possession at the end. Maybe we're going to, there's going to be a jump ball and we're going to lose the possession and it's really important. But, um, you know, maintaining that possession at the end is really important. Next thing I think is, again, goes back to number one with changing momentum is to change your offense and defenses. It doesn't matter which level you're at. Change is hard. So let's say we're running our 2-3 zone and it's working really well. And all of a sudden they've come down and hit a couple threes that are playing really well. Some teams can change on the fly. Some teams need to actually, you need to sit down and say, hey, now we're going to run our trapping man or we're going to, you know, we're going to push him sideline on our man-to-man. Um, so both, you can do changes both in offense and defense through a timeout. Maybe maybe your continuity offense, your read and react, your dribble drive is working really well. And then all of a sudden it stops working. Well, maybe you have to take a timeout and you have to run a couple quick hitters or maybe you want to do um, something that is more continuity-based. Maybe you want to run the swing or something like that um, or the triangle offense, something that's more continuity-based. So you can go kind of back and forth. But a timeout allows you to kind of, especially with the younger ages, to teach and to change and say, hey, we're going to stop them right here. We're going to change our offenses and defenses. Um, before I go to the next three, um, make sure you go over and check out teachhoops.com, like I said. And also, if you could subscribe and like to these podcasts, that really does mean a lot to us. Um, those five-star reviews are huge, and uh, subscribing is very big um, for us. So if you could do that, that we'd really appreciate that. All right, the next one is, especially if you don't have a deep bench. Luckily, this year I have a very deep bench. But if you don't have a deep bench, um, you can use a timeout, especially in the second half, maybe to rest your players. Um, you know, that minute is enough for them to get a drink, kind of get their heads around it to, to rest a little bit. Um, you, so it's a way of, it's a way of resting without substituting. So maybe Johnny is really shooting the ball well, but he's gassed and you want to keep him in the game Well, you can use a timeout to rest him and then still keep him in the game. Um, so to give a player a rest is a, is another great method, um, for using a timeout. Next one is to stop the, stop the clock. <laughs> and this goes back to what I said in that 2011. I'll try to remember to put it down in the show notes along with these, these bullet points. But um, the 2011, you know, you have to be able to stop the clock at, at times. And that's where you need those 30s and a couple timeouts at the end to be able to stop the clock. Um, otherwise, it's going to run out. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to set things up. Maybe you have to trap. So definitely keep <laughs> some timeouts if you're down at the end of it so you can foul you, it can become a, a a foul thing at that at the end of the game so to stop the clock at the end of the game is really important um that's why you want those timeouts otherwise you know if there's less than five seconds you don't have any timeouts left my guy's not even throwing the ball and i'm not even having to pick it up because they're not going to be they're not going to be able to make a five second call so you want to be able to stop the clock at the end of the game especially when you're down um to be able to foul, to be able to stop it, to be able to set something up, the pressure. Um, and then the last one, and I have been guilty of this, is uh, maybe to get on your guys. You know, I've used 30-second timeouts to do that. I've used full timeouts to do that. Sometimes you just got to light a fire under them. Um, I'm not a big, you know, I was a much, big, much bigger screamer early in my career than I am now. Um, but sometimes they just need a wake-up call. Sometimes they just need to like, hey, why are we not executing? Hey, why are we not getting on the on the floor for loose balls and why 50-50 balls? Hey, you know, 
we're not executing. You're getting killed on the offensive glass. We got to rebound. So blah, blah, blah. So I think both of those are things that you, um, you can use your timeouts for. So let's go through these again real quick. First one is to stop momentum. Um, second one is to, for a late, late game possession. I think that's really important. Change offenses and defenses. That could be maybe a subset of number one, changing momentum. Giving, giving your players rest, I think, is really important to stop the clock at the end of the game and to fire up your players. I hope you enjoyed these. I hope these were, I hope they were helpful. Um, if you have any other ones that you think we missed, definitely put them, respond to me at steve at ttubes.com. Um, or if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you leave it down in the show notes. We would appreciate that. Subscribe and like um, if you love this. And then uh, go over and check out ttubes.com for coaches who want to get better. Don't think you'll be disappointed. Have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network.